Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock, your host. And today we have two familiar guests. If you're a longtime listener of our podcast, we actually have Kirsty Miles, who's a team lead here at PDT. And Kirsty has been a guest with me on this podcast like a whole bunch of times. So that's a very non-technical term, but a lot <laughs> of times. And Kirsty, I'll get you to introduce yourself in just a second. But we also have Lori Scott, who's also been on this podcast with me several times in various different topics. I'm not listing them all out right this minute, but a whole bunch of different topics, just like with Kirsty. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys to introduce yourself. And then we're going to start talking about our topic today, which is admin and therapists working together in an integrated team. So I brought in two of the best people I know for this, two experts, Lori and Kirsty. <laughs> so Kirsty, introduce yourself, and then I will tell everybody else why we're experts. <laughs> sure. Kirsty Miles, I'm a physical therapist. I am a team lead on Purple Team over in the Southern Pines area for the Southern Pines Clinic and multiple contract sites. And then I help Hayden co-lead the Blue Team over in Fayetteville, including the Westgate and Oliver Street Clinics. So between all of those locations and the three office clinics, there's a lot of integration with admin and front desk responsibilities. Okay, Lori, how about you? My name is Lori Scott. My most recent position, what I have been doing at PDT, I am the administrative coordinator. Been doing that for about two years now. So I am at the forefront of the admin office. I'm over here all the time now. And previously before that, and I still do have the capabilities of doing so. I was a <laughs> speech language pathology assistant and did that at here at PDT for many, many years and was blessed to have Hayden as my supervisor for a good bit. So I have seen both sides and work and Kirsty's absolutely right. She and I do have to work very closely because of the role she leads. The integration is definitely there and it definitely exists and it's important and it's important that it happened correctly and positively. So I'm looking forward to talking about it today. Well, in any modern medical practice, you can look at the practice as a whole and say, okay, there's two businesses in one. There's one that's billing and administrative and scheduling and all the stuff that fits under that category, which is a pretty big umbrella. And then there's all the patient care. And that's a big, huge umbrella. And so a lot of times in a medical practice, it can easily get to be a us and them, depending on which side you want to be on that day, but us and them. But really, each part of those two businesses are codependent on the other. Because if you don't have any patient care, then you have no claims to bill out or get paid on. So there's really nothing for your billing department to do. But if you don't have any claims that you bill out and get paid on, and you don't have any patients that you schedule, then you really can't keep seeing kids. I mean, you can, but you're going to do it for free. <laughs> and the people who you pay your house payment and car payment to aren't going to like that for very long. No. You know, Not that this is all about money, because it's not, but you have to keep the doors open and the lights on. And so you have to get things paid for and scheduled and it has to happen. So this codependent. And the reason I say that we three are experts is because basically here at PDT, any information coming in about anything any patient scheduled, any new patient, anything starts with Lori. It all starts over here with Lori. She's our gatekeeper for everything. But then after that point, pretty much Kirstie and I are in charge of making it happen. <laughs> so, um, yay, yeah. joy. So, 
we kind of, between the three of us, are pretty much involved in every part of this business from start to finish, really. And even though Lori starts it off, she still doesn't get to like take her hands. I don't up. get to throw my hands up no. and say, I'm done now. No, you just keep <laughs> I getting, wouldn't want to. So you keep getting sucked <laughs> back then, and as Kirsten and I do to whatever issue it might be. But the reason I say we're experts is because we live and have lived and lived the therapist world and the patient care world, but then we also mm-hmm. live and have lived and will live the admin world and understanding how to make those two things work. And so in coming up with this podcast and these topics today, I sort of picked three main areas where you have to pay the most attention to integrating with each other and collaborating. And the first is scheduling and how you spend your time. Because basically, if I'm a practitioner in a medical office, the main thing is I got to know how I'm spending my time during the day. How are my patients going to get seen and how's that going to happen? And that matters for the therapist and for the admin staff to make that be successful. The second area we're going to talk about is accountability with information. What do I do with the information that I know or I need to do with the patient? What does the admin need to do with their information that they know about that patient? And how do we integrate and connect those two pieces of the therapist accountability with patients and the admin's accountability patients? And then the third area we're going to talk about is the environment because that's so very important and not just like where I put my purse, though that's kind of important and lunch, (laughs) but the whole environment because that sets the stage about happy workplace and Mm -hmm. patients are happy and feel good about coming in and so on down the line. So what do you think, Kirsty and Lori, to not have an us versus them type of situation, what do you guys think is probably the main key to making it not an us versus them, like two different businesses? For me, I think it's just having that understanding of the bigger picture. I mean, you've already said it. It's not about only bringing in the money. Right. You've got to do that to keep the doors open. And I just had this conversation today with one of our front desks of our goal is to bring that child in, help give them what they need so that we can send them on their way to do more great things. And so we can't do that without the front desk helping along the scheduling process or helping with some follow-up with the family. So it becomes more about the why, like Mm -hmm. why we're here why we came in today. And it's not just about the therapist having that why, but the front desk and admin is a huge part of that team. The unified purpose, like what you just said, why are we even here? The unified purpose for all of us, what are we all trying to achieve? Right. And if you're talking specifically, which is what we're talking about and us versus them, that the biggest realization needs to be that we all do have the same purpose and what that purpose is, the why I'm doing what I do at admin, you're doing what you're doing as a therapist for that child, but they are so closely related. And as Kirsty said, it happens every day. I had a therapist call me today at admin because I am responsible when I do that intake, making sure they've got the best possible information when they go into that room to do that initial evaluation. What am I dealing with? And sometimes I don't get the best information from our referral sources. It's just happens that way sometimes. And can't get it. And I've had a therapist today call me and say, Lori, I know that they didn't send anything, but can you please try again? Because with this diagnosis and what's going on, I don't want to go into this one blind. I feel like there's more there. So you have to keep that communication open. You have to talk and keep it positive. And absolutely, yes, I'll do that for you. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're both here for that child and trying to do the best job we can from the admin position. And if you go even further out, which I know we're going to get to because we were talking about the money piece when it comes to the billing. And then after the fact, they've got to collect for that service that we've just provided. And if that diagnosis code and what's going on with that child is not what you need it to be. You don't want to have that extra work. There's just so much involved. 
to make it all work and flow. And I think in a medical practice, especially even more now, I mean, we've been doing this for 19 years. So even 19 years ago, even 10 years ago, it's significantly more complicated in some ways. In a lot of ways, electronic medical records keeps things simplified and clear and transparent in some ways. But in a lot of ways, it's added layers and steps that oh, we never used to have. Yes. So I feel like if you don't have that unified purpose, there's so many different jobs that have to happen. So Absolutely. many things that people yes. have to do yes. that if you don't have a unified purpose within a group, it's very easy to not support. We call it getting sideways. It's easy to get sideways. A lot of times during the day, you can find yourself thinking, why am I doing what I'm doing? <laughs> and it has nothing to do with providing the best speech therapy I can possibly provide for that client right. or supporting the occupational therapist. I'm not ever going to be an OT or PT. But what I do as a speech therapist in a practice where I have the same purpose as everybody else, and that's clear and it's understood, can support what the OT and the PT do as well as the admin. So I think just that unified purpose helps people from getting sideways and keeps things simple and direct. And this is what we should be doing here today. And whether we're reminding ourselves or we keep it in the back of our mind to remind others, it's okay to remind each other of that purpose Mm -hmm. to say, you know, this is why we're here. And beautiful things happen sometimes in therapy, you know that, and you're like, yes, this is why I'm doing this. This is why we're at PDT. This is why we're doing what we're doing. It's all of us together. Mm -hmm. And we tell our people who are scheduling appointments or people in billing who are calling patients about payments or whatever that, you know, the admin staff is the first connection that patient has with getting to the therapist because their child has an issue. So somebody's most special person has some type of issue, small or large, it doesn't matter to us at all, but something or they wouldn't be coming here. And so that admin staff is the first connection that person has. And without that unified purpose, then a lot can get lost and a lot can get left out because if the admin doesn't feel like they're contributing to that child getting better and helping that child get better, which they are, then the whole team is set up for failure from the get-go. Absolutely. I agree. That's how to avoid us and them. There you go, people. Should you write it down? (laughs) (laughs) All right. And step two. No, it's like a recipe. No, there is no recipe. There is no. Number one was a lot easier said than done. Because everything all day long competes with your purpose. Okay, so the next thing is scheduling, because how we spend our day is huge. So, Kirsty, maybe you can tell everybody what our job is with the scheduling piece, and then how the front desk helps support us and the therapist from that point forward. So, Hayden and I have both done therapy full-time. We understand what it's like to have a very full schedule. (laughs) We understand what it's like to go to a variety of different places and keep it all going. We understand what can be stressful and what can be challenging. And so right from the get-go, we work very closely with admin to set people up for success. And we do have to look at different places where we're providing the services, whether it be in a contract site or in the clinic. And we have to sort of ramp new therapists up so that they can learn how we do things at PDT and kind of add to the learning. So we have an expectation then that the front desks in scheduling is going to collaborate and work with us because ultimately we're both trying to help the therapist. Number one, be successful with managing their caseload, but most importantly, get the children in for therapy that need to be seen because our ultimate goal is discharge. So in order to do that, we have to work very closely with the front desk. Mm -hmm. Basically, we give them the plan or lay it out. And then they follow the plan. And if things don't fit into the plan, (laughs) which they don't all the time, we have to get together, discuss 
talk about the plan, readjust, and then go out and follow the new plan. Exactly. So, Lori, what do you think is the biggest, like, you've been on the therapy side and you've mm-hmm. been on the admin side. Mm-hmm. So once the therapist has their schedule in the system, mostly we're going with, you know, assuming that's happening. What do you think is some of the things that's the most helpful in terms of the admin trying to fill the schedule and then some things that might be not quite as helpful? What makes admin successful in filling the schedule and not? What you just said makes them most successful if they have a plan, if they have a clear-cut plan of here's the slots, here's what I need to fill, an expectation of how soon they need to be filled, Mm -hmm. timelines. Mm -hmm. And also, it depends on the therapist, too, and where they come to you at. There's Mm -hmm. so many pieces to that. Are they a new therapist? Have they been doing this a while? There's things you learn about a therapist as a team lead. What did they come to you with as what they're good at, what they like to do, what they want to learn about, those kind of things. There's a lot of information that needs to be there, but the expectation is for the schedule also, but hopefully the team leads, and I know that you and Kirsty do that. That's the piece that will make them successful, and the therapist in relation to is, okay, I don't need five evals in one day. I need one or two and those kind of things. That's the most successful. Now, for admin to make that happen, it's good information, telling them what the expectation Mm -hmm. is, what the timelines are. And if they're having trouble, of course, we're going to help them learn how to make that happen. We're going to find out where the areas are that they're not able to make it happen. To me, the whole clarity, communication and clarity. Yes. And right before this podcast started, we were talking about some of that communication and clarity. So, Kirstie, we've created the plan. And it's in the system. It's on the computer because it's all computerized electronic medical records. So most everybody now practicing has got an electronic schedule. Right. And so you've got the plan there and the front desk is supposed to fill the slots. Plans there, fill the slots. What do you think is the best thing that therapists can do, Kirsty, to help the admin best fill those slots? Like, what do you think therapists need to do? Take an active initiative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, I think that is it. If they can be an active participant mm-hmm. and initiate, mm-hmm. like as soon as they see something cancel on the schedule, oh, hey, I know so-and-so's mom said last week they had to cancel, but they would love it if they could get in this week. Like right from the get-go. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Call that mom now. Mm-hmm. So just being active, I think it's important for them to be engaged and they have some ownership of their schedule. So let's make some stuff happen. Yeah, exactly. So if you take the two of it from the admin and the therapist perspective and put them together, I mean, admin can't be like Lori was saying, successful if they don't know what Mm -hmm. to do with those slots. The therapist can't be successful if they haven't communicated back to the admin. Here's what's happening with my patients because the therapist knows what's happening with their patients of plan and care. They're making it. But mm-hmm. admin, they're not mind readers. Right. So if you don't communicate it back to them, there's no way they can best help the therapist see those kids. And Kirsty is reminding me when I was doing therapy, you know a lot more about your parents and your children than anybody does. You know their schedules, you know their preferences, you mm-hmm. know what they can and can't do. You can almost sometimes say, well, there's no need to even call them. You just know. So... Kirsty's absolutely right. If you don't take the initiative and share that, because your admin person does not know that. They don't know that you're right. going to Disney next week. They don't know. And they don't know that they go to kinder, kinder music class exactly. every Tuesday at, at 10, 10 o'clock. o'clock so but don't call do. them for 10 o'clock. Yes. <laughs> they can never fill it in. Exactly. She's they don't. absolutely right. Well, and I think... Especially from the admin perspective, if you're working in a clinic with 10 therapists, you've got the whole schedule to fill times 10 versus the one therapist, their one schedule. 
you know, I've got to sort of put it in perspective and think, okay, this person's sitting here at the front desk. She's worried about my schedule, but she's also got nine other therapists over here to worry about. That's a whole bunch Good of people. Point. Good point. And so I feel yeah. like you got to sort of walk a mile in the other person's shoes. Exactly. Now, on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. a sense of urgency from the front desk is also vitally important because mm-hmm. as a therapist, when you're in therapy, you want to dedicate all of your hour session or with speech 30-minute session, all of you, everything you've got in that moment with that family, with that child. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about your three o'clock that's not coming in. That's not where your head is. Your head is, how can I help this child that I have in front of me right now? You're right. Yep. And thus you just nailed the other side of it. Yep. You're not. You're right. In you're doing what you do. Yes. You're being yes. a therapist. Nope. And that's where we want them to be. Absolutely. We don't want them yeah. thinking about what's falling apart this afternoon. Front desk is covering that. They're worried about that. But their sense of urgency right when you get out of that patient is, hey, your three o'clock canceled. Any thoughts? Because I've got to start making some calls like now. So yep. what can we do? <laughs> so in a medical practice, it's fast paced. You know, in a clinical medical practice, outpatient clinical setting, you're moving fast paced. I mean, you've got patients scheduled back to back usually. And then usually if the front desk has questions about stuff, they're going to catch you in between those patients mm-hmm. right quick. Like, Hey, Hayden, it could be 10 AM. Your three o'clock canceled. Do you have any suggestions for who I put in there? Well, right. I've got to quickly come up with some answers right then on the spot. And that's fast paced. So I think, you know, if you're an OTP to your speech clinician out there, I think in an outpatient situation, it is a fast paced environment. Yes. Absolutely. And you sort of, you need to know that Mm -hmm. kind of going in and have that expectation. I think, you know, sometimes when people aren't successful, I don't think they realize, hey, this is a happening situation. It's moving and grooving and it's ever changing. The schedule is never static. Okay. So moving on from scheduling, people have to know what it is your plan is. You have to have a plan. Let me just recap scheduling. You have to have a plan and then you have to communicate between the two groups about the plan, between admin and therapist and therapist admin. You got to communicate about what's happening with the plan as it changes because the one constant with scheduling is it will change. We are all agreed on that. That's right. (laughs) Okay. So moving on from the schedule to the accountability of who does what with the information involving these patients, because there's a whole lot of information that happens when we're dealing with patients, everything from insurance to appointment times to plans of care and so on down the line. So Laura, you talked to us about admin role from the beginning, like when it's set up, you call and you make the appointment. And sort of the accountability of that information, because I think that's what sets the therapist up for success. And then the therapist on the back end goes back and sets the admin up for success for future right. things. And it goes back to the word that we say is most important is accountability. And it really does start with the admin, even for me overdoing the intakes and making sure the information is correct. Kirsty said earlier, there are patients that come in that cannot wait. We do not make a torticollis baby wait. We do not make a feeding baby wait. And I communicate that to admin. It does start with admin. It's accountability, making sure that all that information is correct. When I get it to them, then it's also, there we are, the front desk admin for that scheduling piece then the accountability lies there. Mm -hmm. You now know because the team leads have told you where those appointments are needed, what type of appointments are needed, and what times of day this is what they want you to make happen. So then you start making it happen. You're looking at that waiting list. You're looking and you're putting things and appointments and calling parents. And there is a checklist. There's things that have to be in place. Verifying insurances, making all of that is in place. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is setting up success for that therapist when they come, there's no doubt they know what they're dealing with. And definitely Kirsty can speak more to that, that what she needs to have in place. Mm-hmm. And it really is. If the admin person has done their work, 
then it makes her doing her job that much easier and she'll be that much more successful. So I think, Lori, with everything you just said, it's so important for admin to have all of the information clear from the beginning. Clarity. So if the expectation is there for the patient that, hey, this is what I'm responsible for, meaning like your insurance, your appointment mm-hmm. time, your this is what you should expect at your first appointment, park your car here, whatever, whatever. the issue is, mm-hmm. then I think you have set up the medical practitioner, the therapist, whoever it is, to be successful because the patient already has an expectation of, oh, these people have their rest together because everything's clear and I know exactly what to expect. There's no confusion. That's a beautiful thing. It That's is. a gift if you're a therapist or a medical person. That's a gift because you've been teed up for success. That's awesome. And that's when you like give your admin person a kiss day or whatever, or a hug, <laughs> whatever it is, or bring them like some Hershey kisses. Okay. All right. Then Kirsty. so for the therapist. Once admin has all the information they've called, let's say it's an initial evaluation mm-hmm. and they go in and they schedule an initial eval. They've gotten all the insurance information. They've given the parents a rundown. These therapists, again, Many of them are new, mm-hmm. not having exposure to a variety of working with different insurances. Some have very little billing experience. So to say to that therapist that's going to be taking that evaluation, hey, remember, check your treatment plan screen. They've got this insurance. They've only got this many visits mm-hmm. because we take for granted sometimes that, oh, well, we just write the plan of care and everybody's got bottomless pockets and they can just pay and pay and pay. And Mm, that's not not the case. I mean, (laughs) we are dealing with real people that have families and other expenses. And so we take all of that into account. And we, I think, as a team, go to great lengths to make sure that we are considering those factors and not putting a financial burden on these families. And so in order to do that, we have to know what we're dealing with as far as insurance. And that comes across from our admin team so that therapists can take that into consideration when writing a plan of care and have that conversation with a family not a financial conversation, but more of a, hey, I know you only have 30 visits a year, so how can we work together and write this plan together? And then mm-hmm. it transitions over from admin and that team that you just created between admin and therapist, now you're just bringing that family into the team that is already there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is so important because you have to have that team between the parent and therapist. And so it just comes around full circle. And it all starts with the communication from admin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I love that whole analogy of the whole team because it really is a therapist, family, child, team. Admin is 100% a part of that team. I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was sitting here. We hadn't talked about it or made mm-hmm. that part of our topic today. But wow, sometimes our families can be like it's us against them too, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. it's like it is. And we are working to make sure that they don't feel that either. That's why we are working together as the admin team and the therapist team. Oh, yes, to embrace them and engage them and, and make them know they're why we're here. Yeah. yeah. And it That's, goes back to our why, purpose. Yes. We're helping their child. Yes. Yeah. That was very awesome, Kirsty. Brings it all together. So then I think it also helps with clarity and buy-in because if the admin people have been clear from the get-go about, hey, Ms. Jones, this is what the patient should expect that day and clear about the insurance payment and then clear with the therapist in terms of, hey, this is the type of insurance this patient has and this is what's going to be required for this insurance so that they will pay for this child's services. And the therapist is clear. And then the patient then knows, hey, look, this is what to expect in the therapy session. And the therapist has been clear about, hey, these are where I think the strengths and the areas of opportunity are. And here's the goals I want to write. And here's what we want to do. Then you get buy-in from the parent. And then buy-in helps decrease no-shows 
or cancellations. It also makes it so that the carryover is there because the family has bought in to the whole therapy and then the circle starts over again. (laughs) But really that buy-in started from the therapist when the admin person connected with the family and said, basically, I care enough about you and your child and the purpose and why you're coming here and be accountable and keep all of my information straight, meaning like I'm clear with the insurance. I'm clear about what the expectations are for the first appointment. And then it carried over to the therapist who said, I care about you and bringing your child in. And this plan is about you and your child, not necessarily about me. And I'm going to clearly communicate what that is. But the buy-in goes all the way down the road and it really communicates back to the purpose of why we're here. We've all had like at some point a bad experience with a medical practice. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. You've run into that receptionist somewhere and it's like, ugh, I don't want to go back there, you know, or you get charged something, didn't know it was coming and it's completely blindsiding you. Right. I feel as a company, PDT makes it a priority for that not to be the forefront of anything that we do, that it's all about the child and therapy and the purpose of why we're here, Mm -hmm. that we want that to all be easy. And saying that, Kirsty, because yes, we've all been to a medical situation where things didn't go exactly right, but I've also been the difficult parent on the line where things were (laughs) going right on their end, but I was just so overcome with worry for my most special person and the fact that there was Mm -hmm. the issue that I was just the difficult mom. And that's just all there was to it. I was the one who was the problem. But yet, isn't it so awesome when the medical practice understands, look, we're going to overlook the fact that this woman is having a meltdown. Exactly. And in spite of her, we're going to still do the best thing for this child. You know. And I agree at PDT, we talk about that with therapists and with our admin staff all the time, that sometimes these parents are not difficult. They're just flat out worried. Right. I can speak to that absolutely over here at the admin. As we jokingly call me the hub, Allison has (laughs) nicknamed me the hub. I do get all of the calls and I could almost probably say with 100% accuracy that happens on a daily basis. And I'm not saying that to be negative, but I get at least one phone call every day where, whoa, and you really do have to stop and remind yourself And I even tell myself, you know, my little man's not a little man anymore, but Hayden has said it a thousand times, this is their little person. And right now, it is most of the time they're worried, they're concerned, they're upset, and they're not hearing the waiting list. They're not hearing we're doing the best we can. We're not hearing any of that. They're not hearing just give us a moment to make some calls. They're not hearing any of that. They're I want what I want and I want it right now. And you do have to have that courtesy and that professionalism and that respect and that care. And PDT has all of that. It's not just something I do. It's something that is expected of me. And it's expected of everyone that works here. So, yes, it really is. And that's a good thing. Okay, so the schedule was number one, accountability for what your job requirements are and understanding what those are and then carrying those out fully. Number two, and then the third way that admin and therapists or medical practitioners work together to have one unified team is environment. And I think environment is so important, not just the facility, but just the whole feel of the environment. Kirstie, you and I work, and Lori too, we've all worked with this a lot, and we've all been in good environments and bad environments, and we have definite standards at PDT for our environment. And there really are high standards. But if you don't have high standards, you're going to get less than that. And who wants to work in less than that? I don't. So, Kirsty, <laughs> why don't you talk? What do you think makes a good environment? Again, it's a number of things. So, first and foremost, when you say environment to me, I think of, like, the physical environment. Mm-hmm. So, right from the get-go, when I pull in the parking lot every morning, I look across the parking lot. I'm like, where's the trash? 
Did they pick up the trash <laughs> in the parking lot? Because you know it's going to be there. And I'm like, you know what? We're better than that. Mm. Somebody go out and pick up the trash. Mm. It's a bottle. Walk the extra 25 feet. Is it going to hurt you? No. So go pick up the bottle <laughs> and throw it away. Um, and then when you walk in the office, just is everything arranged? Is it clean? Because when you're standing at the front desk, those parents walk in. Is the seat sticky? Right. Are the windows like, do they have handprints all over them? If that's the case, when you walk in the front door, I'm going to go, they don't sanitize their toys. Their mm -hmm. toys aren't clean here. Mm -hmm. So we're better than that. And also, I think when you say environment to me, it's also the energy. The energy when you walk in the room. Like, are people happy to be here? Because I get it. You know, you're not feeling so great today. We've all got other things going on. But like, when somebody comes through that door, you got to stand up and be happy to see them. <laughs> exactly. I say all the time to kids, I'm so excited to see you. I've been waiting all day to see you. Well, I have been because they're on my schedule for 930. I've also been waiting all day to see my 10 o'clock and my 1030 and my 11. But and I mean that like, honestly, like I'm excited to see that person at 930 because I really, truly am. But I'm also excited to see my patient at 10 o'clock and I'm my patient at 1030. But I feel like as far as that family's concerned, that's the only patient that I have that day. And that's really all they should care about because their person for that appointment time, their most special person is one of my most special people. And I'm going to get everything she got during that time to do what I can about their plan of care. So Lori, talk to me about it. Well, the other piece I want to add to that because she talked about the energy and everything, but there's also that piece of being professional and being present when you're engaging with those parents. It's more than just to listen, to really, truly be able to tell that you're present, that you're really listening, that you're really trying to help them and to solve the problem. The teamwork that it takes at a therapy site between the therapist and between admin, and sometimes you find yourself, because we do have lanes, we have lanes that we work within and jobs that we're supposed to perform and that are our responsibility, but when you pick up that phone and you know, Lori, do you know where Angie is? Do you know where Allison is? And I know I'm naming people that people don't even know, but it's people that are usually supposed to do what they're needing done. And they're like, well, no, but you know what? I can help you. What do you need? Right. Mm -hmm. That should be the attitude for everyone everywhere across the board. We were just talking a little earlier and joking about it, but it's not the most pleasant thing for the toilet to back up and you've got mm -hmm. to go in there and the parent comes to the front desk and says, I mean, really, I'm being real. You know, it's not the most rewarding thing, but you know, there's all to make that environment the best that it can be to meet those standards that we've talked about and PDT has them. And I personally am thankful to be working at a company that has those expectations and those standards. As Kirsty said earlier, you wouldn't want to go anywhere and not have those. You're taking your special little person there. You want to know and you want to want to go back. Yep. You want that child to look forward to going back. You want that therapy to be working, but you want to look forward to taking your child back. It matters. And I think everybody contributes to an environment being good or bad in all kinds oh, of ways. Yes. And the cleanliness, if the trash is full in the waiting room and I'm standing there, I can go get the trash. Sure. I mean, a Absolutely. lot of times people, oh, well, that's the role of the front desk. No, it's just as much my role as anybody else's. So I think the cleanliness of the environment is huge and everybody oh. can make that good or bad. Well, everybody can make it good. It only takes one person really to make it bad. True. But then also just the environment of, I mean, we have a no gossip policy here. And I think just that environment of just no gossip, because gossip will eat up and destroy an organization. But Kirsty, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about our no gossip and how it's not just good teamwork, but it's really becoming a part of that team, meaning a part of that environment. 
we define gossip as anything you take to somebody in a negative light, whether it's something about a person or a problem that they can't solve or do anything about. Mm-hmm. So you always want to take it up to your team lead, to Hayden or myself, or take it to maybe it might be somebody did something or said something, taking it to them. Mm-hmm. So taking it to the source. And, you know, we have had people that have said, well, I consider that venting. I don't think that's gossip. That's venting. Well, if that person can't do anything about it, then they just get a negative attitude about that situation or about that individual or that person. So then it just starts to pull the team down. Mm -hmm. It can make what was a positive environment at 8 in the morning a very negative environment by 5 p.m. Oh, it doesn't even take 5 (laughs) p.m. By 10 o'clock in the morning, if it was a good little talk, if it was a good little session, and that's what gossip is. It doesn't take till 5 o'clock. Of course, by 5 o'clock, there's the potential to have reined in, as Kirsty said, a lot of other individuals that really the topic should never even have been brought to them because, as Kirsty said, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, you got to take it to the source. You got to take it to the source. And I mean, let's use therapy as an example. And you have a family situation or somebody that you're working with or a child. You can ask a therapist for help about that situation without ever bringing the child into the discussion. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because if that other therapist is in no means part of the therapy that's going on with that child, really, you could be violating HIPAA. If you want to get right down to it. <laughs> Kirstie, you're making a good point. It's for anything. If you think about it, if you're having trouble with the parents, if you're having trouble with the home, I don't know, whatever it could be. If you can't get them to get on board with their home program, whatever the issue, you can absolutely go to your coworkers and go to your colleagues and say, but you're right. You never have to name it. You never have to give it a name. The problem, yes, the individual, no. If you're really truly, if your answer is, I'm just venting, I just need to talk about it, I just need to, even if you're using it as, I'm not really trying to get an answer, I'm just venting, well, then why put the names in there? Yeah, It is gossip, that's why. Well, and what we do as therapists and admin, what we all do as a whole group is, I mean, I went to speech therapy school to be a speech therapist, but what I do is I have situations that come to me that are problems. My job is to solve it. So if I'm just discussing the problem, and I'm not solving it. I mean, that's not what we do. Right. Admin, if admin just discusses the problem and never solves it, it doesn't make sense in any environment, no matter where you work. But in a medical practice, especially, people are coming in because they have a problem. So mm-hmm. if you're not solving the problem, then you're wasting your time, basically. You're wasting time. So the environment can quickly be destroyed with gossip when it's just negative, because that's all it is. And that can quickly divide a practice into an us and in them. And that's one of the things that competes with your purpose and beats it out of you all day is when people are just being negative about a situation instead of let's be positive and solve this problem let's, and let's, let's be find proactive. A solution. What are our options? Let's be in control. Yes. If you're Abs- just gossiping, yes. you're not in control. And you know what? We are all guilty of it at mm-hmm. some point or another. But I would much rather, like if I started saying something to Lori, I would much rather her be like, Kirsty, like get a grip. <laughs> You know, Kirsty, we've done that. We're here and we're being honest. You and I have done that. I mean, I've walked up and go, oh, Kirsty, and and I'll start and she'll just give me that look. And I'm like, you're right. And I'll just stop. But still, I don't name names. She gives me that look and I'm like, how blessed are we? I'm like, yes, because that would not happen anywhere else that I have ever worked but PDT because there's a zero tolerance here for it. So we are comfortable saying to each other, hey. And I think that that's really important (laughs) because we have that close relationship. Everything we do at PDT is about relationships with people. And we are all very close 
as a team, you know, that will be a trickle-down effect. And so we have these new therapists coming in. Now they can choose to be on board or not to be on board. We hope that they're on board with us, but that's how we operate. And we have enough within us to be like, I don't like that. Okay, well, tell her. Tell her you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And patients can pick up on it very quickly. Patients can pick up on a negative or a positive environment very, very quickly. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist or really much at all to be a patient and see like if there's a negative work environment between different staff members. You can pick it up immediately. And so, again, it works counteractively to the whole purpose and why we're here. Mm-hmm. And so we're here to solve problems and we're here to help people. And if I'm just discussing things and I'm not solving anything and I'm not being accountable, then it doesn't help. No. And I think that gossip, too, really quickly creates like... Mm-hmm favoritism Mm -hmm. and like not having that team player because ultimately like we're all here to do therapy. We're all here to help each other out, whether it be schedulers or you know what, I'll take one for the team. I'll take that eval here. You take my treatment. Like we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. We're both trying to achieve the same thing. So everybody should be being treated the same. It goes back to that purpose. What you're saying, Kirsten, is how can I help you and your purpose, what we're doing. What we're doing. How can I help you to our patients? How Mm -hmm. can I help you to our families? How can I help you to each other? We ask it all day long. I think anybody in a medical facility should be asking that question Even if they're not saying the words. Yeah. The environment, the way you present yourself, what you're doing for that child, it may not be that you actually say the words, how can I help you? But that's the mode you're in and should be in all day long. Mm -hmm. It really is. It really is. So I think those are our big three. Clarity of the schedule and knowing how people fill their days and the communication that goes on with the schedule between admin and therapist. Also, accountability, understanding what exactly your job is and what you're supposed to do, and then doing it completely and fully and to the best of your ability and how what you do impacts the whole team. And then also the environment, the cleanliness of the environment, how it's laid out, picking up the trash, but then also just how can I help you? Just mm-hmm. how do we help each other? How do we help our patients coming in? Admin has their role for how I can help. Therapists have their role. Sometimes, you know, as a therapist, you're doing some admin stuff. And sometimes mm-hmm. as an admin, you're not doing the therapist stuff. But as an admin person, you may be filling up bubble containers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that that therapist can do yeah. their thing. That's yeah. right. You can put yourself in various parts of the role. So I think those are the big three areas. Do you think we've missed anything, Lori or Kirsty? I don't. I don't either. I think we did a good job of getting it all in there. Okay, so I appreciate everybody's time today and hanging out with myself and Lori and Kirsty. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Kirsty. Really, truly experts in how to integrate a team and how to really work as a whole to best help these patients. Really, these two women are experts in that area. Though I don't think they have a degree in that yet, but you would both have a doctorate if they had one. So anyway, (laughs) but I appreciate your time and your expertise. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. So you can check out the information that we talked about today in the show notes on our website at theworkingtherapist.com. You can print out those show notes and get information if you were able to write all this stuff down. I took a lot of notes, but you can also pull up the show notes and all of it will be there. And you can also check out our website at pediatricdt.com and find out more about us as a practice and also get some therapy information and therapy tools and resources, that kind of stuff. It's all there on the website as well as our Facebook page. So check us out on Facebook too. But thanks again, Lori and Kirsty, and everybody for listening. And I'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.